You are listening to episode 177 of the Game Deflators podcast. My name is John, and I'm joined by Ryan. Hey, everybody, here at the Game Deflators podcast, we like to talk about games we've recently picked up, games we're currently playing, and Zoda Americola, it all makes me thirsty in this week's Inflation Deflation Challenge. So this week we played a little bit of Star Tropics on the NES. We'll get deep into that in our, um, what do we call it, Ryan? Our inflation deflation? Yeah, our inflation deflation. We'll, we'll get into inflation that Inflation challenge. Inflation deflation. Um, so pretty big week, I think, for myself here. Ryan, I see you got like just about nothing this week. But uh, we always start for our new pickups. And I finally got a PlayStation 5. Woo! Yeah! much applause now everybody dump on him because he hasn't even turned it on yet no no i had to charge controllers dude and hook it up i didn't actually hook it up till like i don't know 10 o'clock at night so it's just one of those things that didn't boot it up but i will say that um there's a couple twitter pages out there that i was following during the week to kind of get an idea of when drops were actually occurring and like when and where and all that good stuff and so there was one youtuber like i'm not kidding you dude this is actually pretty cool so Amazon was supposed to be doing a drop for a physical edition, like where you put the, the discs in uh, for the $500 version. And he was literally streaming from the morning up until about 5 or 6 p.m. Eastern so that anybody that was listening in on the stream, whenever it dropped, he would let people know, hey, it's dropped. Go ahead and start trying to buy it now. So that way you didn't have to like sit there and keep refreshing and wait and wait and wait. It was just... I could basically, while I was working, I had it in the background. So just in case he's like, it's live, then I could, you know, be like, okay, cool. Let me go in. But ultimately Amazon didn't do a drop. Uh, Target was supposed to do a drop on the first. They ended up not doing it for some reason. I don't think they did a drop at all unless it came out today. Mm -hmm. And then GameStop apparently was doing an in-store thing. So I was like, screw it. I'll pay the like 20 bucks for the pro membership, whatever it is. Cause you get physical magazines with that. So I'm like, I at least get a magazine subscription tied to it for a year. And then on top of that, I get like the $10 that I can use for anything in store. And then like five bucks a month, I'm like, screw it. Like, I'll just do that. And I just bit the bullet on that, which I didn't want to do. But ultimately, it was the easiest way to get one. And then I sat in front of a GameStop at 730 in the morning until they opened at 10 and just played on my phone and looked up Magic the Gathering standard meta stuff for like several hours and just watched videos on Facebook. Like that's all I did. And uh, eventually it kind of, it was crazy, dude. Like it was actually pretty organized how GameStop did it. So they, there was a, a line obviously forming. I was number nine. Um, people had called up in advance to see how many they would have. And apparently this location had 18 in stock, 16 of the $500 and then um, two of the digital version. And so the only downside is GameStop forces a bundle on you. Cause they're like, screw it. You're going to buy it anyways. So we're going to force a bundle, which sucks. But at least my bundle contain the actual playstation it has a charging dock that's an official sony product charging dock uh an extra controller and then uh, gran turismo was tied to that and then i'm gonna just Didn't return it have gran forbidden turismo. west in it too it did yeah it, it had horizon in there as well so that was nice i mean i got the two controllers because i would have bought a controller anyways at some point i would have bought a docking station for my controls to charge so that makes sense um, and then at some point I would be buying horizon. I'm debating if I want to return horizon as well or sell it because I'm not going to play it anytime soon. So like I might as well get full value and some credit to put towards other games that have gone down in value, like Oddworld, for example, 
is on PS5 and I think it's like 15, 20 bucks. So like, you know, why keep Horizon if that's a game that I can grab theoretically? So that's kind of what I was looking at there. Um, but overall, it was super organized with all the people that were there. Um, the manager came out and handed everybody a slip of paper saying, hey, here's your point in line. Here's what you got. I'll come out in 30 minutes, see if anybody else is here and then give that to them as well. And then it sucked because there were like some people that came like right at 10. And God, I felt so bad. There was this one guy that came with his son and he gets in line and he's like, oh, yeah, I should have one for you. So this couple that rolled up earlier, of course, they were like, I don't know, number 13 or 14 in line. He's like, oh, you two are together. And like, no, no, we're separate. And so they got two. I'm like, nice. really, you guys are going to be flipping that like for sure. So it sucked because the little kid at the end, he and his dad get there and they were the last ones that could not get one. They were last in line and the kid had to walk away disappointed. I'm like looking at this couple. I'm like, are you kidding me? Like you guys rolled in together. You're holding hands the whole time. And you're like, no, we're separate. We're buying two. And this little kid walks away sad. Who stands in line holding hands for extended periods of time? Well, they came up holding hands. Okay. Yeah. So it's like you guys are clearly not separate. You're clearly together and you don't need multiple PlayStation. This other guy was like, oh, I'm buying one for a friend. I'm like, no, you're not. (laughs) Like, you're not coming here to buy one for a friend. So you do have some people. You know, maybe maybe that's what a real friend would have done, John. Did you ever think about Mm, that? Dropping 800 on somebody? Eh, I don't know, man. Uh, yeah not, we'll see i guess we're not really good friends huh i don't know would you drop eight hundred dollars <laughs> for me on a ps5 i mean if i mean if i was in line for a ps5 and i was like john bro do you want me to snag you one i mean that, yeah i guess that could work that could work ryan but this guy like purposely was like i'm gonna come and wait for my friend in line and just get one and it's limited to one so i'm like mm. whoa 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 he was just getting one for a it's, friend wow yeah, it's, it's that's limited. a super bro I know. And it's limited to like one per person. So like this couple, like I said, rolled up and we're like, no, no, yeah. we're separate. So they could get two. So that was kind of messed up. Um, and then some lady rolled up at like 1030 and everybody's getting them. She's like, oh, we just go in and get a paper. I'm like, no, it's sold out. She's like, oh, so everybody in line was like, why are you rolling up at like 1030 for like the hottest <laughs> item on the market still to try and get this PlayStation? Like, it doesn't work like that. It seems so, like they're they're at least becoming more abundant. I mean, it, it kind of seems like they are, but at the same time, I don't know, because like they sold out within an hour. Yeah, but I mean, like overall, like I think I saw like some numbers for like sales numbers in Japan or something, and they were up like a bunch of unit sales. Like, I think they're starting to be able to more efficiently move units or something. I guess. I mean, I was maybe it has to art. do with the changes, maybe like I... shrinking down that size of that heat sink or something is has really boosted this performance i don't know i don't know because if you look at uh microsoft and the series x like the series x was available on amazon all day for like next day pickup and i think it's still available on amazon i see um, s is in the store like almost yeah. every time now like just at a GameStop even well i've seen a series x in the store as well and series x you could find it all day long it's not being scalped as heavily but the playstation yeah. 5 is still being scalped and i think that's a huge part of it is so many people are buying extras because they can and sony cannot maintain that momentum of trying to put out more units and avoid these scalpers whereas microsoft i think has done a good job of flooding the market at certain points of time i do wonder if some of that was microsoft holding back a number of units um and then just flooding the market all at once because there's only so much the scalpers are going to buy well i think that i heard people saying that like 
one reason the Xbox might have been in such a short supply was because they were channeling a lot of those units for um, their streaming service to upgrade so that everything's coming from a Series X as opposed to like, you know, being provided older generations by older generations or something. So yeah. that could have something to do with that. And then also, um, I think the. I don't know. Just in general, like so many people have like scalped and some of the anti scalping things like there was a, another thing this week with like in Japan, they're like cutting some sticker or something like they're putting a sticker on there. That's like a seal and then mm-hmm. cutting it and the sticker is going to like sh- rip that like nice finish off the box if you try to remove it but it shows it as being open, you know? So it's like, effectively, it's not a new product anymore, even though, you know, it's still sealed in the bag inside, I guess. Interesting. I don't know. I don't know if that's really hugely going to impact, but I I mean. Well, and the other thing, so there was some guy on Twitter that was trying to argue with me yesterday when I posted the picture of the PS5, and he was like, don't tell me it's a shortage, and don't tell me, you know, Sony is screwed this whole thing up and blah, blah, blah. I just going off on it. I'm like, dude, I'm like, here's an article. It kind of clearly outlines like what the issue is. And he's in the UK. So he's like, I've got a shortage in uh, the UK. I'm like, it's the same thing in the US and it's the same thing globally. I'm like, it's kind of a global chip shortage. Yeah. Have you tried to buy a microwave? Have you tried to buy a car? There's shortages all over. Like I had to wait a month for a microwave. You know what that is? Wait a month. Yeah. Because there's chips, dude. Like my wife on her car, she had to wait three months for her car to get shipped. Well, in. and cars have had like a whole thing for a while. I just didn't think microwaves. That's weird, dude. It's everywhere. Like anything that has some sort of chip, it's taken forever from the you know supply chain constraints that have plagued you know the world for the last couple of years. Which yes, it's getting better, and the chips are also getting better. But they're saying that because of that chip shortage and things that occurred, we're going to be experiencing this through 2022 and into 2023. So like people think like, oh, it's Sony that's messing up. It's like, no, it's all these companies are having issues. It's not just Sony. Now, how they weather the storm. Yes, that's different. Maybe Sony didn't prepare in the same manner as Microsoft. But at the end of the day, there's other companies that are experiencing this as well. It's not just Sony exclusively. Yeah. Um, Pun intended on exclusive. So, yeah, that's that's really what it comes down to. Uh, But. I will enjoy the PS5 here. I will boot it up at some point. Game Grinder already reached out to me and he's like, are you playing Elden Ring? And I'm like, I got to play Ocarina of Time. So I got to finish that up. Uh, so all year to play Ocarina of Time. Though. I also have to play Majora's Mask, dude. You know how I am. And You don't have to play Majora's Mask. I thought that was just like a stretch no, goal. No, I didn't make that a stretch goal. I have to play it. And then on top of that, you know what's happening in September. So I really got to hammer this out. <laughs> so well, I mean, dude, it's just it's so different for me now that I've already done my inflation deflation for the year. I've just got all this now time you, to I didn't to even play it. video games this week. Hardly. <laughs> you get to see it from the other side now. Like you get to push me the entire year, which is great. Um, so on top of the PS5, I also got Link's Awakening on the Switch. Uh, my wife really wanted to play it. She handed me the Game Boy game and she's like, uh, how do I play this handheld? I'm like, well, I have a DS line around here somewhere or a Game Boy Advance. She's like, no, I want to play it on a bigger screen. I was like, okay, well, we could play it on the Retron. So I put it in the Retron. She's like, uh, eh, I don't know if I want to play it here. I'd like the ability to just kind of like get up and play somewhere. 
and she had no idea it was on the switch yet. So she boots up on the retro. It's full color and everything else, which I didn't realize was a thing like popped in a full Game Boy game and it's full color. And she's like, wow, it looks cute and everything. But I don't know if I want to play it on the retron. Like, I don't know if I'm a fan of playing it on this console because of the control plus, you know, having to open it up and save states and all that. I was like, well, we could do Super Game Boy. So I pop it in Super Game Boy and it comes in like the, you know, standard Game Boy colors, yeah. like the black and white. And she's like, uh, I'd prefer to retron. And so she tried it on there for a little bit. And she's like, God, there's got to be another way to play this. And she found it on Switch. And she's like, we got to buy that. So the new one, the new one. Yeah. So, yeah, she's been, yeah, she's been that playing was fun. It. Yeah, she really likes it. So that's yeah, you played it too, didn't you? Yeah, I got it through Gamefly for a little while. Yeah, so she ended up uh, playing that. That's what she's playing this week. And then for me, Ocarina of Time. You didn't get the Zelda Game and Watch? That's gone there. No, I never bought it on there. Or I never got it. I will at some point. It'll it'll stay at the same price for a while. But I, uh, as far as Ocarina of Time is concerned, because that's what I'm playing this week. I got to Death Mountain. I think it's Death Mountain. Yeah, that's where I'm at right now, which is like super early on. But I've been getting a feel for the controls, which is starting to feel a little more fluid to me. And um, story obviously isn't there yet for me because uh, it's so early on. But I'm getting a good feel for it. I'm, I'm liking what I'm playing. I did some fishing in, in the lake, uh, got my 10 pound fish and got my heart piece and just kind of learning different tunes on my ocarina and, and going from there. So I got my shield, just hit Death Mountain, and I started to try and play it last night, but I was so tired from the yard work I did that I like sat down. I told my wife, I'm like, all right, hey, I'm going to go play for, you know, however long until bed. And I had the full intention of playing until like midnight. And so I sat down, I got to Death Mountain, and then I found myself in a lava pit while nodding off. I'm like, yeah, I got to go to bed. <laughs> yeah, I so. I never made it all the way through Ocarina of Time. I got definitely stuck every time that I was trying to play and it was mostly just kind of i don't know a lack of motivation to keep going so i mean i can definitely see if you're tired nowadays it's not necessarily the most compelling game to keep you pushing forward it's kind of a slow excitement yeah and it was just like i just hear link like ah ah, or navi like hey i'm like what, yeah. what's going on i'm like oh i'm in lava let me just turn this off now so it, it, it's all right it's all right um okay well that that's all i got going on man what did you pick up uh so i didn't buy anything i did not not get something this week okay meaning uh, i saw a review i was kind of excited for um weird west it was hmm. uh announced a while ago it's like an isometric rpg with like it's kind of like set in like cowboys but also has like zombies and werewolves and weird stuff and I don't know, like I've always been interested in that genre, but I've not really played much in it. And then I guess the reviews just aren't super great. Like it doesn't have voice acting. It's just missing some things that would really probably be needed to hook me. So mm -hmm. I didn't get that game. Um, I did play like just the tiniest bit more Tunic and the littlest bit more uh elden ring but not really very much of either um i was hanging out with some friends yesterday though and i played some baba is you which is an amazing game if heard anybody out there hasn't played it you haven't heard of it i had heard of that one okay but how was it like i've heard the name and i've heard about it like from other it's, people but i've never dove into like what it actually is so it's super fun it's like a like 
programming kind of game in a way like it teaches you kind of game logic so like in the game you are baba is a rabbit and baba is you is a statement so baba mm. is and you and then there's all kinds of other things in the game like rocks and it'll say like rock is push meaning that if you go up to a rock you can push that rock or uh. door is shut key is open key is push uh there's like one puzzle where it's like key is pushed so you can push the key and you can push the key at the door but it doesn't open the door unless you make key is open but you need uh, to okay. have it be key is open and key is push at the same time because if it's just key is open you can't push the key you just walk on top of it it's just like a movement by square based puzzle game and you have to use the game logic to like and in those phrases, so like those phrases are on the game screen. So like you go in and you move the is out between Baba and you and you mm -hmm. lose control of the character because Baba is no longer you. So you no longer have control of your character. Gotcha. And it's it's weird. You like manipulate the pieces to make these puzzles be solved. And there's all kinds of different ways you can solve certain puzzles. Uh, there was this one puzzle where there's a like river in the middle of the screen and then the flag is on one side of the screen and the flag is win so usually you have to get to the flag to win yeah and then on the other side of the screen there's two boulders and baba is you uh there's other phrases like all uh, that are in a lot of levels like levels will have walls to keep you in bound and the phrase wall is stop will be on the screen yeah and so uh, you could either make like rock is you or Baba is rock or something. And then it makes it so that you control both of the rocks and Baba at the same time. So you can crash the rocks into the water to get across, or hmm. you can just turn uh, wall is Baba. And then every individual segment of wall on the screen becomes a Baba and you move them all in unison. And usually you can just run the wall into a checkpoint at that point to win. There's like, gotcha. it's, it's very interesting. It, it's definitely a brain scratcher. And I was happy to have friends with me that have already beaten the game <laughs> to yeah. show me some of the, the pitfalls. Um, well, that sounds good, man. Yeah. It actually we, sounds like a pretty good time. Yeah, it's a good one. And then we also checked out this tabletop game called Tiny Towns. Have you heard of that one? No, I'm going to Google it right now, though. It, it's super fun. You've got these. Everybody starts off with a tile that is like a grid. And there are cards in the middle of the table. And each card is a type of building. So there's like church type building, a, a market type building, a house type building, a factory type building. Oh, I see it. And there's these little colored cubes that are resources and you take turns naming a resource and then placing it on your grid. And once you've arranged those resources in the pattern to build that building, you can then trade those resources in and put that building on any one of the squares that you had aligned the resources on. So you have to build tetris style by placing these resources trying to get them in the right patterns to build buildings uh to cover up as many of those spaces and then each of the buildings have different point values that they're worth or mm -hmm. work in conjunction with other buildings in certain ways and there's uh 
there's a deck of cards for all the different building types so that you know each round isn't exactly the same like you'll have one type of tavern in one game and one type of tavern in another game they have a different resource pattern layout they give different rewards they interact with other buildings in different ways to keep it fresh uh but i'd never played a game like that it was very fun yeah, it looks like it's uh, about $38 at Target, 31 on Amazon, and 31 at Walmart. So, yeah. I mean, it looks pretty interesting just from what I what I looked up. I'm um, good not, stuff, man. Yeah, I'm not always the biggest tabletop gamer. Like, uh, what's that giant freaking game that you have? Catan? No, the one, oh. the huge one. That oh, we Gloomhaven. Gloomhaven. Like, I want to play that's that. That's so, so intimidating because it's like, it's all the complexity of D and D, but in like a much more limited rule set, probably. Well, yeah, but so many one, moving pieces. That one takes a while though, so that's an interesting one. Like, if you play Gloomhaven, you, from what I've heard, because I haven't booted up yet, or not booted up, but I haven't opened it up, and well, I've opened it up, but I haven't like physically like read the rules and done everything I need to and watch more videos on it. But with Gloomhaven specifically, that's a game where you have to dedicate your time to that and it's not yeah. a we're gonna play it one day and we're done like yeah. it takes a while to play that so that's more of one of two types of settings either you have a group of friends and you're in college and you go to each other's place every now and then you're like we're gonna play this through or you're a young couple that has some friends and you can kind of leave crap around your house like with yeah. us we don't leave stuff around like that so for us to have like the board kind of stay set up during the course of a week is not ideal um now when we have a kid and that kid's older, there might be an option where I'm like, all right, let's play some Gloomhaven and let's keep this set up yeah. during that time frame. Like, I think that's okay, but I think it's really dependent on your lifestyle and how you play games. It's not a pickup and like we're done after tonight. Well, I just mean like, so like a game like that is so intimidating that the barrier to entry is like apparent, but then like other games, they're just like not compelling enough for me to want to keep sitting there and playing. It's like, it's like poker. Like I can sit there and play like a few hands of poker, but like I can't sit there and play hours of poker. It just doesn't have what I need to capture me. And I find like that break off with a lot of board games. But this one actually like the tetrisiness of it and like trying to plan around things. And then like if you want to get really next level and look at your neighbor's sheet and try to like stop them getting the resources they need. There was a lot going on that I really liked. Yeah. And I'm a sucker for anything with cute little like buildings and stuff. Yeah. There's a few games I could think of that you would like um, that have that type of design. Well, uh, let's look at what we got this week, man. Uh, so first off, you can find this podcast episode on the podcast application you are listening to right now. Leave us a five star. Good job. Game. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> you already uh, found it. That's true. You did. Uh, but have you found the game inflators.com and our out of date website? No, you haven't. So you should definitely check that out. Uh, you can also find us on Twitter at Game Deflators and Instagram and Facebook at The Game Deflators uh, for all of our fun pictures and articles and memes and everything else we post. Uh, okay, so this week we are going to be looking at uh, Abandoned. So uh, the developer has responded to cancellation rumors, or really, uh, if they have abandoned it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> next, the next thing here is the best April Fool's jokes uh, via gaming industry. There were some good ones, man. I enjoyed it. And then E3 2022 is officially canceled. And then we'll oh, follow sure. that up by, yeah. And then we'll follow that up by Star Tropics on the NES. So 
First one here. I don't think we had to spend too much time on this one, but abandoned developer response to cancellation rumors. This is Gamer Rant, and it was a uh, Neville Lahiru. It looks like I yeah. butchered his name, uh, but uh, at Gamer Rant. So essentially, we talked about this a while back. So that's the reason I threw it on this week is that we were like, we'll have to keep up with this and see what happens. And well, this is a we'll see what happens portion of it. I don't even know what episode that was, uh, but basically. Uh, they release some sort of like real time experience thing on the PlayStation and it's very lackluster. There haven't been any sort of updates, even back when we first talked about this, there were no updates on this game. Uh, and today there are still no updates outside of them saying it has not been canceled. And I guess if we want, we can probably read the, the full tweet here. Do you have it in front of you or do I have to Google it really quick? It looks like it was like episode 146 was the last time we talked about it. Oh, really? Okay. So that's uh, a long time ago. It's almost a year ago. So I've actually got the tweet here. Let me just open it up. Oh, um... I got it here. So it says, Dear Community, recently we have bombarded. We have been bombarded for quests and questions regarding the development status for Abandon. In regard to the latest rumors regarding Abandon being canceled, our response to this is that these rumors are false. We are working on the reveal via real-time experience app and online channels along with the prologue of the game. Uh, these were initially planned for Q1 2022, uh, but unfortunately we weren't ready yet and we understand in our development roadmap. Uh, therefore, we have delayed the reveal and the release of Abandon Prologue. Uh, we will release Abandoned Prologue when it's stable, good, and ready. We are aware of your frustration, and we deeply, sincerely apologize for this. We will continue to work on the game, and we will notify you when ready. Our apologies, Blue Box Game Studios. Um, dude, they haven't had shit done like this whole time. Like, How do you not have anything done at this point? Well, what I was thinking was that, like, I mean, since this started... I think they've had enough time. They they could have actually, if they only just started when these rumors come out, they probably could have put something together by now. So, I mean, like, it it can't be absolutely nothing unless it's as bad as, you know, everybody says it was from the previous times. I think the last time we talked about this was when the news came out that it was like, oh, yeah, we've gone back and looked at this guy's history. He's done this, like, three or four times before. But, yeah. I mean... I, I just think if nobody, because I saw I saw somebody talk about this earlier this week, and so, I was like, "Why are people bringing this up?" If nobody brought this up, this guy would have just quietly went away, and we never would have heard about this again. I'm sure. Yeah. So so get this. The first comment on here says, "Remember eight months ago when you released that five second trailer on Twitter, and then got everyone hyped to download your app, and then everyone downloaded five gigabytes of data just to see the same five second trailer, and then you guys dipped." laughing my ass off good times <laughs> that's exactly what like, happened yeah i know it's great like dude just following this is it's hilarious just for this aspect they have sixty-five thousand followers apparently by the way and um it says <laughs> one hour ago do you want us to show development footages of abandoned prologue and i'm just gonna say no just work on a reveal everyone says yes 68 percent for that so um yeah. Oh, and then here, here's uh, January 30th. Be aware the Blue Box Game Studios YouTube channel has been hacked. We have received emails from various people that they did not receive uh, a buy pre-order notice. Uh, please do not open and do not uh, transfer funds. It is not from us. So these guys are like so out of order, man. Like, come on, your YouTube channel gets hacked. You release essentially the same types of statements uh, over the course of the last like several months or really what seven months eight months here it's ridiculous 
I I think what this company needs or this developer is if they actually have something legitimate to get scooped up by like a Sony or Microsoft and then the team is gutted and then new developers come in with the concept that has been purchased for this to actually happen because I don't think it's ever going to get released at this rate. Well, but I mean, it's not an actual IP. It's just like, it's nonsense. Well, yeah, I mean, that's the thing. It, well, it's a five second trailer, Ryan. So there is a concept in five <laughs> seconds. <laughs> so uh, speaking of April Fool's jokes, um, let's look at the uh, top jokes in the industry. And this is Darren on Bonfuse. I guess I said that right. Dude, what is it with the, the interesting last names here that I can't pronounce this week? Uh, this is Games. GameSpot. I always think GameStop and GameSpot. I always mix them up. Um, so there were some good ones. I think obviously the NFTs was a good one. Um, but was it was it Corsair or which company? No, it was uh, NZXT, I think, that With did the like hand? the hand. And it was basically like it actually looked legit for a little bit there. But um, it was basically like a handheld PC that had a slide out keyboard and a little mouse attachment. And then the best part about it was the RGB switch to be able to make the outside light up. Yeah. I laughed so hard at that, but it looked legit at first. I was like, this actually looks pretty sweet, like a nifty concept. And yeah, the whole thing was a April Fool's joke. That, that might have been my favorite, but uh, the Nintendo NFTs was definitely good with the like and like nineteen ninety nine a year. And it's like, wait, who put that decimal in there? One thousand nine hundred ninety nine dollars yeah. a year. Uh, the, so that, the way they tied good. it in with like Nintendo's history and like some product, like at first it, it looked like, I mean, obviously it was fake, but I mean, the legitimacy of how they tried to skew it, I could totally see a worse Nintendo doing something like that. I always I have could... fun on April Fool's with all these things. It's, it's always like be on your guard because you're always assuming everything's going to be BS. Yeah, no, I, I tried to get some people in my company the other day and I, I told them I was resigning from my role in applying with April one technologies and a few people were like, wait, what? What's going on? <laughs> the, like, uh, how, do you, how do you not catch that? Let's see. So on this list, um, what else was there? The Among Us horse mode. I'm not a big Among Us person, but I mean, it was a cute little trailer thing. Pokemon yeah. Go, I guess there's a bunch of dittos that were out. I like this Tunic Fox Pro Skater. That's cute. That was pretty cool, actually. Um, I like the Corsair with the single button and all the features. Yeah, sign and, me up. And, I want that. And one. they and they go in and like map out the like one keyboard or like with quick adaptive reflexes and whatnot, and like just the way that they kind of position everything was like this top of the line video for one key, and then being able to switch it out for other exclusive keys. But I think the one I didn't like as much because it didn't have as real as a vibe to it was the Razor Hypersense suit. Yeah. So it was like, feel every bone-crushing move, and it shows the guy, like, beat the fuck up from, like, all these games, and then it shows Dark Souls or something, and he gets slashed, and it's, like, real-time, like, flesh wounds. Uh, that that was pretty good, too, but I didn't think that one was as good in the sense because it didn't have that, like... Like, you knew it was an April Fool's yeah. Day joke. Yeah. You know, the other apparent. ones... The other ones had like that very legitimate type of vibe going for them where you're like, this is so stupid. Like it can't be real, but it's obviously April Fool's. I don't know what's supposed to be funny about Fraser Pinball. I would absolutely buy Fraser Pinball. I know. Like I, I would totally buy Fraser Pinball. I didn't see that to be funny at all. Uh, what else did they have here? And obviously this isn't, this isn't all of them, 
Yeah, um, I saw um, Spawn Wave this week. He did a really good one opening up with a Sony buys Konami headline. And I was like, mm, I don't know about that. But it was he did really good job trying to sell it. So that was a fun way to wake up. Well, and then the Bug Snacks game, we're like, oh, we're so sick of bugs. So we've removed the bugs from Bug Snacks. And so now it's just the aisle of small snacks. I'm like, I see it. Like, I get it. But it feels more like a dad joke than an April Fool's joke. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, that was interesting. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. Let us know in, in the comments and on social media what your favorite April Fool's Day joke was for the gaming industry. I, I thought there was some good stuff. Or if there it. was uh, one from past years that you really liked. Let us know about yeah, that one that too. too. Or if you just have an April Fool's Day joke you pulled on somebody, that also works. All right. Uh, I guess keeping in the theme with April Fool's, uh, E3 is officially canceled. So as far as 2022 is concerned. So not permanently. As far as we know, it's just 2022. Uh, this is Kate Gray at Nintendo Life. So a couple things here. And I saw your, you and I have similar feedback on our notes here. Um I'll dig in and just be like, I think E3 is done. Like, I think that's it. Uh, there's no digital event this year, which I can understand if they're thinking from a travel perspective and they're still being banned from different countries and certain countries not wanting to go out and travel. I can see that as a reason to not do an event in person. However, most of the world does not have restrictions in their own, you know, countries. Concerts so, are back on. Yeah, there's a lot of big events on. happening. I just think that the the planning stages for this just kind of it needs too long to ramp up. Like it doesn't just take like a month or two to put together some of these demos and stuff. Like it takes real work and man hours to come up with something that, you know, isn't supposed to be ready for another two years and make it, you know, playable and polished and something people want to buy. Now, well, I mean, they while could have having done, to have developed in COVID and they could have done some sort of events. I mean, they canceled what two years in a row now they've technically canceled and mm -hmm. they could have done a hybrid event. Like I just went to a conference um, a couple weeks ago. It's like the largest conference in the industry that I work in. It's the largest conference um, that's around. And that specific conference was hybrid. So you could have attended in person, which they had like half the normal attendance, but then they had however many thousands of people attend online virtually and do certain things. So you look at companies like uh, Limited Run, who has their like, you know, virtual presentation. You have Nintendo who does, you know, their virtual presentations and Sony with their state of plays and all of that good stuff that's occurred over the last few years. How E3 could not manage to have a backup plan to either do a hybrid based conference in the U.S. with U.S. based representatives in other countries that are willing to go in along with a digital experience for people. I, I just don't get it. Like when you're supposed to be well, that type of conference plan for something. So I that's think, where I think this is it. Like yeah. I don't see it happening next year. I think the truth probably is that they couldn't get enough people on board with it. Like, so uh, in this uh, article, they also talk about uh, Jeff Keighley and the summer games fest. And that's, that's been picking up steam and a big difference between summer game fest and e3 is that you know it's it's a lot more all at once where e3 is like okay this is like i'm gonna plan my week around this you know it's gonna be several hours a day most people aren't getting oh my god i'm getting this news right now most people are getting these in like a sizzle reel later when they're off work or you know in a video 
the next morning while they're getting ready or whatever. Most people aren't watching E3 at 1130 when it's airing. So I think that, you know, the pull that Summer Games Fest is getting is actually going to help drive the nail into the coffin because if those people find a better way to offload that content, like Just Dance loves to show off people dancing on stage and having fun at E3. Like that's a big part of their thing. But the amount of money and time and production value that it takes to do that, as opposed to showing a 45 second clip at Games Fest, one of those is actually probably going to be watched live by more people. And, you know, ultimately the trailer is what people are going to watch on YouTube on repeat for the next few months while they wait for your game or next few years while they wait for the next trailer. So I just think that if, if they can't nail something this year, too many people will go over to Games Fest, have a great showing with it. And then next year, it's like, why do E3 when we already did Games Fest last year and it went well? And that's the notes that I have here as well. Like there's no room for two industry events of this nature of this size during the same time of year. So unless E3 is moving to a different time frame, it's just not going to work. And so Summer Games Fest has really filled that void. I mean, I'm just looking at the 2021 partners. You have Amazon Games, Blizzard, 2K was there, um, uh, Bandai Namco, Netflix, uh, EA, PlayStation, Sega, Prime Gaming, Warner Brothers, Wizards of the Coast, Xbox, Ubisoft, like the list goes on, man. Like it's just, that's just 2021 partners. And the fact if it was a success, which it seems like it was, 2022 is only going to be that much bigger. That's it. Like I think E3 is done. I can't like unless they scale back and change what they're looking to accomplish on an annual basis and maybe move their dates. Nobody's going to care about E3 moving forward. And I think that's, you know, we talked about it last year. There really isn't a need for E3. Like, did you miss E3 last year? I did. Yeah, I mean, I did. I I always love E3. Like, it's always something that I try to make a priority um but i mean but was it necessary when other like when the big three and all these other companies are doing their own thing virtually like is it fully needed i mean it's so the thing is it's a shell of what it used to be so it's kind of sad parading it around now like i mean even the content like the people that i used to love watching cover e3 don't cover e3 with the same enthusiasm that they used to. So it's taken a lot of the wind out of the sails. And honestly, I'd rather see E3 just go away and have room for something to replace it. Cause I mean, nothing lasts forever. Well, I mean, that's where summer games fest comes in. You've got the game awards. I don't, do you still have packs? I don't know. I, I don't yeah, follow. PAX is still a thing. Yeah. So we still got packs then. And then on top of that, you got the Tokyo game show expo, uh, that happens every year. So, I mean, that's, four major events that are happening on an annual basis like do you really need e3 and that's on top of all of the state of plays that sony does all of the nintendo directs i don't remember what the hell microsoft calls theirs but microsoft does their own things or showcases um all these companies are doing different things i don't think i mean come on you've even got a premium edition games of uh with barry like they do their own direct as well you know companies and are, are finding ways to reach their consumers without the need of an e3 so i don't think it's necessary yeah um okay uh diving into our inflation deflation of star tropics uh this was uh developed by nintendo so nintendo research and development team uh locomotive corporation also developed this it was published by nintendo it was directed by genyo takeda 
And then it was released in December of 1990. It is an action adventure kind of top down RPG style game. And the general reception on this game was between like a seven and an eight roughly uh, when it came out. I am surprised that there are zero errors, Ryan, in this week's inflation deflation overview. Um, normally you like to screw me over on that. I, I did my best this time. Yeah, I, he, I guess I could have check. capitalized the T in tropics. Actually, I think it's yeah, yeah, it's one word, but both are capital. Yeah, luckily that doesn't get conveyed over a podcast, so I think we're all good. Well, it has been now. <laughs> well, damn it, Ryan. So um, Star Tropics, this is yeah. one I've heard about this game for a long time. I've definitely seen other people play this and the sequel, like in Let's Plays and stuff, and I never really seen other games that look quite like this. And I think a lot of it is just like the pronounced jumping to me. Like, like when you're in these dungeons moving around, you're like jump, jump, jump. And I've like never seen like a top down. Like I feel like I'm playing Frogger as a human. Yeah. It's uh, yeah, I got that for sure. When I was playing, it's a funny, like kind of, thing to make it stand out to me um but i know that this game uh does a lot in the same way that like earthbound does to kind of make it like more down to earth where it's like you're fighting with a yo-yo you're just some guy you're trying to like save your uncle on this island like there are aliens and stuff but it's kind of more a little bit grounded in some of the things you're doing i guess you do get a torch pretty quick there's giant snakes and stuff, but I mean, there's monsters and stuff in there. Well, and too. you can throw the torches, so it's kind of nice, or fireballs, or whatever you want to call it. So that's that's kind of good. So um, we didn't play this original hardware either. Oh, I did. I, I played on the Switch. Well, I played the original game on a Retron, because my Nintendo, for whatever reason, I need to... I don't know what it is. Like, my, my actual, like, AC adapter, I have to plug it into a totally separate plug that's near my arcade cabinet. So I'm like... I, I don't know why it requires a direct connection to my wall versus a, um, what do you call it? A power strip. Hmm. So really weird that I can't do it that way. Um, well, I guess I, I'll dive in here really quick. Uh, so you played on the switch. I played it on a retron, but I played with the original game itself. So from a comparison standpoint to original hardware, I mean, I'm playing on an NES controller and all that just happens to be on a, a retron. So which was nice because the scan lines and all that type of stuff, like it's upgraded. So it's not that like original look. It's more of a clean look for the game. So I liked that portion. Uh, but you play as uh, Mike, who is a baseball player who is visiting his uncle, Dr. Jones. Um, and you go to this island called Coral Cola. And it turns out Dr. Jones has been abducted by some group. And uh, you're trying to find him, basically. And so the first chapter kind of has you diving into exploring this, uh, you know, village of Coral Cola and going into a dungeon right off the bat and fighting enemies of a yo-yo, like Ryan said, and snakes and bats and rats and everything else you could think of, uh, culminating to a battle with a giant fire-breathing snake, pretty much. And so I didn't get too far because I got a little bit of a late start. I got to the snake. I didn't beat the snake uh, because I'm just not that good at games like this. And I ran out of the torches or fireballs. So I wasn't able to, you know, like at one point I had 45 as I was going through it and I died to some snake. And ended up, yeah, like not having enough fireballs to defeat him. And it would require me to kind of jump around. And I was already having trouble with the controls because there's no like <clears throat> there's no quarter movement on D-pad for this game. So you have to like have intense like I want to move down. I have to press down 
There's no, I want to press right and then down because it just will not register. Go back to center. <laughs> yeah, it, it would not register. So like if I'm sitting there, I'm like, oh crap, I'm looking right. I need to go down. Like I would try to do that, like that quarter move. And it just would not let me to go down. I had to like purposely press down and it purposely press left. Like yeah. it would not work otherwise. And so that made it a pain in the ass when it came to certain enemies. Cause like the bats, for example, they're flying from all over. So you're trying to hit one. It's like, oh, I got to get out of the way really quick. I'm just so used to having that D-pad movement, the way that I was trying to do it, that I just kept getting hit by bats. It was so ridiculous. But I got to the end of a dungeon um, and yeah, died to the snake, hit it a few times. I mean, I got enough for the game and I've seen other people play it before. So it's not like I went into this having not like I've played it, actually, like I've played levels for people. Uh, and just kind of like on the switch, as a matter of fact, and, um, you know, just kind of played through it. And and I've enjoyed that little bit that I've played in the past, but starting it fresh from the beginning gave me a different perspective on it, of course. And I think it's a good game. I mean, I, I do like it. I think graphically for the NES, like it's fantastic how it looks. Yeah. Um, you know, so it's it, got it's a, a lot of different like perspectives. So it'll have like that Final Fantasy overworld. Yeah. Uh, it has like some first person, like, you know, when you're uh, talking perspective, to, like, talking to a person, it's got yeah. that top down Zelda style dungeon, uh, yeah. you know, perspective. So there's a lot going on. I think that I had a really good time with this. I don't think I would have had a really good time with this if I was playing it at your place on the Retron or on original hardware i think for me personally going back and playing games like this on the switch with the rewind function and all of those you know added things i think that that's the best way to revisit some of these uh especially for me but um i mean the game really, is it can be kind of difficult for people i mean for me jumping in like i said with that hardware aspect it was it was kind of difficult, not necessarily the game itself. The game itself is actually quite easy. It really was that hardware component and, you know, really the accessories and trying to actually play it was a little bit frustrating for me. But I think if I were to continue playing this game, I wouldn't have an issue with that over time and I would continue to like truly enjoy it on the, you know, original hardware. Well, the good news for this game is that no matter uh, which way you want to play it, it's pretty easy to get your hands on. So taking a look numbers-wise on this one, uh, complete inbox, we're looking at 57.34. That peaked at 64.28 back in March of 2022. Currently, that is trending down. Uh, loose, you can get it, though, for 960. Uh, that peaked at 15.60 back in September of 2021, and that is now trending down as well. So, I mean, under 10 bucks for this, that's that's a good game for 10 bucks. Actually, um, I I think that, you know, of a lot of the games that we play, this yeah. is one that I would instantly be like, yeah, if if you saw this like for 10 bucks, definitely buy it. Yeah. You know, and seeing the trending down is actually kind of a good sign. I do wonder if it's like a correction in the game gaming collecting market and if we're going to see you know, prices start to plummet a bit. Um, main reason I say that is because I look at my game collection. I get like price charting sends a report every month that says like, here's what your your collection's valued at and whatnot. My collection is actually down several thousand dollars over the last couple months. 
Uh, so I mean, that's good for the industry. I mean, you want to keep picking stuff up for cheap. Mm-hmm. Yeah. In total, I think I've seen like a five or 6% drop in total collection value. So I'll, I'll keep us up to date on that one. Cause that every month that comes in. So I'll get to see like what the actual value of the collection is based on what it was. I mean, in this, I haven't really added anything to my price charting list in, I don't know, four or five months or something like that. So I saw it peak and then now it's kind of trickling down a little bit. So I'm curious where it's going to like kind of flatten and stay for some time. And that's not necessarily because I'll have a lot of new games that have gone up in value. Um, It really has been like certain like Super Nintendo and Nintendo has gone down in value for me. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. Well, uh, as far as inflation, deflation is concerned uh, at 960 for this game. um, You know, I'm I'm not going to say that because I think because it's low, it should be higher uh, that it's deflated. I think it's deflated predominantly because at 1560 back in September, if we were to have done this game back then, I would have said this game was worth 15 bucks back Mm -hmm. then in September. The fact that it's 960 right now, I think is a great price to jump in and play this game. And then of course, having it on the switch is one of the, the games of, um, you know, that you could play through the Nintendo online service for free. Uh, I think that that's also a good option for $20 a year, $20 a year, but technically free. <laughs> so, um, cause you're going to get more games. So let's just, let's just say Ryan, there's what between super Nintendo and Nintendo is like what 40 games on there. Oh, I think it's way more than that now. Okay. So let's just say for the cheap price of 50 cents a year. Yeah. You could play it. Well, you could definitely this, beat this Switch. game in the seven day trial. And if you want to do that, we'll just call it free. There you go. So it's free, Ryan. <laughs> Everything's right. free if you can do it in the seven day trial. Yeah. And just get like multiple accounts and just keep who doing is free actually paying for Paramount Plus. I swear everybody's just going to wait for Halo to be all the way out. And then just use their uh, game passes, giving everybody like a free month of Paramount. So just I mean, wait till that's all out and then cash that in. Or you could just not watch it on Paramount Plus. And if you know, you know how you can watch it. Yeah, uh, yeah I, my brother has Paramount Plus. Funny enough, I don't I don't know why, but he it's has a mountain it. of entertainment. I <laughs> so bad, dude. Uh, I'm going to learn my dad jokes from you. Um, but yeah, so I think we both agree. Is this one uh, deflated at its yeah. current price? Okay. Yeah. All right, cool. All right. Well, I don't know what we're playing next week. We're recording in person next week. So we'll find something on my shelf. Whether that's I don't know. Maybe we play maybe a PS5 I'll game. do a blind at random. Maybe we do a PS5 game. Will you even have any or are you gonna sell all your games before then? Well, I have three games first off. Uh so thank you very much. Uh and then didn't you say Astro's Playroom is on there? Yeah, but that's not like a retail product doesn't matter. Is it worth it, Ryan? Is it inflated? Is it deflated? It, it, is Astro's Playroom worth the $800 buy-in price of a PS5? I mean, uh, just if about. you want to experience it. played it a couple it. times. It's fun. Okay, so you've already played it. All right, we'll think of something. Maybe I'll go pick up a PS5 game today at like Walmart or something. There you go. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, this has been episode 177 of the Game of Players podcast. My name's John. I'm Ryan. And thanks for listening. Cue to music. Do, do, do.